Sorry, that was like a huge <laughs> sigh. Woo. It's kind of where we're at. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Diana. Welcome to Should We? Creative conversations about the everyday choices that make us. Back in the studio. Back in the studio. We didn't have a (laughs) pre-chat. This time, usually we have, at least we have a little bit of time where we just catch up as friends. And it's sort of like writing morning pages, Mm -hmm. um, which is a thing from the artist way. Obviously, if you've been listening. Very familiar. You know. Yeah. Okay. So we so we usually have at least a pre-chat. We don't do much planning for our episodes, but we'll like catch up and then we'll do at least maybe like three bullet points mm-hmm. of like things we should cover. What should we talk about? Basically, is the prompt. And then we other than that, we just wing it. Mm-hmm. Today, we don't even have that scaffolding. So get ready. Buckle up. We are going to get really real. Yeah. We're just going to start from where we are today, which is tired. Very tired. (laughs) So tired. So our should we question for this episode is, should we have stress? Mm -hmm. Diana, what do you think? Well, this seems like it would be an obvious no. However, it's an interesting yes with caveats and some structure. What do I mean by that? I think that I have related to stress as bad for most of my life and kept waiting for the time when I would finally become serene and able to float above everything and just kind of impervious. And then earlier this year, I read this book called The Upside of Stress by Kelly McGonigal that went into a bunch of the research on stress And what the research shows is that stress is a part of life and it's making stress wrong that creates most of the negative side effects of stress. Stress itself is fine. This was very interesting. And it depends on the type of stress. It depends on the type of stress. I mean, there's a big difference between um, stress that you choose for yourself and stress that just happens to you in terms of like traumatic experiences. Obviously, those are not good stress. Obviously not. And that's actually part of what the book goes into is that most of the findings on stress that get reported out are about traumatic stress inflicted on like rats or something. Like it's mm-hmm. traumatic stress. It's, they're being traumatized. And even so, even with traumatic stress, like I'm I'm just thinking about when I saw Misty Copeland Mm -hmm. giving a lecture here in San Francisco. I mean, I was like in tears. She's my, she's my idol. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she was talking about, uh, first of all, she's a principal ballerina at American Ballet Theater. Obviously, you know, everyone should know that. She's amazing. And she also has a book. A memoir. Well, she has like multiple books and things that you can uh, dig into to experience 
Misty Copeland she's, universe. Yeah, yeah. She's like building her own media empire. Uh, so the way that she talked about the hardships, she has the challenges she's faced in her life, which are enormous. It moves me so much because she just had this such a gracious perspective where she was able to say everything I've been through has made me the artist I am. Yeah, and that makes me think of post-traumatic growth, which is something that we've talked about a few times too. So I guess the point is that, I mean, you and I, not on this show actually, but we'll just we'll leave it there and we'll see whether we come back to it. But the point is that you can make something of whatever is happening and some circumstances make that really much more difficult and painful. Yeah, so like I think um, so often, it, especially in the past, I would get stuck in a rut of like believing that because of where I came from or because of things that I've been through, I'm broken mm-hmm. or doomed. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, listening to that lecture and of course like a lot of other self-care practices and reading and a lot of process has has sort of brought me more to a different perspective about that type of stress not to say that I would choose it again for myself or anyone but that it can be just a part of what makes us who we are the Mm -hmm. good the the wonderful aspects of who we are. And I'm remembering now that in this book, The Upside of Stress, there was some distinction between the two types of stress. I can't remember the names of this types of stress in the book, but I think we could use the shorthand of chosen and unchosen stress. And so it seems like you're talking a little bit about unchosen stress. And I'm mainly in this moment talking about chosen stress, even though I've had a lot of unchosen stress in my life too. And I'm wondering how you relate to chosen stress. Oh my gosh. Chosen stress. Whew. It's a good question. So I only read the Kindle free sample of the upside of stress and I was hoping that like we'll talk you'll talk about it so much on this episode that I'll get the key takeaways and I won't have to read it. <laughs> which is how a lot of things happen. Like I love reading biosmosis through mm. you. Um meanwhile I've been reading a book that is quite different, and I don't even know if I can say the title on this show because, like, so we don't really swear on this show. Mm -hmm. It's family friendly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Like, it's just, this is like the one thing we just don't really do. We let guests swear. We, We bleep it, remember? Oh, we bleep it. That's right. Anyway... Because it's funny, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's funny. When it gets bleeped. Anyways, the the two of us don't generally swear that much, I guess. Well, in public, at least. Mm-hmm. Actually, probably people who know me in the context of work would probably be like, oh, Lisa never swears. I actually do swear quite a lot, particularly in conversation with my sister. That is to say, not that we curse at each other, but we laugh a lot and Mm -hmm. use um, colorful language. Yes, for me, for sure, colorful language uh, is like a sign of intimacy because it's a risk, you know, it's not something I've always done, so. Yeah, 
So, okay, I'm reading this book, and how should I say the title? Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Caring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll say the title, and then we can bleep it. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, it's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a f***. <laughs> oh, and so my, my sister recommended it to me because I was in a state of extreme stress, all chosen stress, all stress around, like, opportunities, new like projects I was starting or, um, you know, things, seeds that I had planted in the universe that were kind of coming back to me, like the fruits of my labors. But I didn't really know how any of it was going to turn out. And I felt really out of control to the point where it's been really eating me alive, like not being able to sleep, being extremely anxious. And then I was also kicking myself for being so anxious. I would be like, come on, none of this is like bad. What's the matter with you, self? It's a question of how great the outcome is, not whether a lion's going to eat you. Exactly. But my body can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. So my sister recommended this book to me. It is not, uh, it's not like any other book I've ever read. I am amazed by how creatively and and how how many different ways the author uses swear words like probably every single sentence has curse words in it and it is just so funny and it's actually like really good I think it's good for me in that the perspective is so opposite of anything that feels familiar and an example of something that the author says in this book is like, just so you know, the subtle art of not caring is not about not caring about anything. A person who is like, as you said, totally impervious, serene, and never disturbed by anything is a psychopath. So why would you want to be that? The point of this book is choosing with purpose. What are you going to care about? What are you going to actually put precious energy towards? And what are you what are, what stress are you going to choose? And what did it make you think about choosing stress? Well, it just made me think that like I I get stressed about like pretty much everything. It, I mean, it's been a process where now I don't get stressed about everything, but I used to get stressed mm -hmm. about everything. So I've kind of filtered out some things and I, I now even before reading that book pretty frequently I would be like okay is this a, a stressful thing that's worthwhile for me to go through or not for example um, speaking at a conference I get super overwhelmed by crowds I get really nervous about public speaking I get nervous about doing the work of writing the talk I'm in that process right mm -hmm. now. I'm pretty stressed about it, and I knew I would be. Travel, also very stressful for me. So, you know, I was invited to give a talk, and I had to ask myself, this is going to be very stressful. There's just no way around it. Is it worthwhile to me, though? And in this case, it really was. Even though I, I knew it would be stressful, I was also really excited and really happy about the opportunity and... I could really imagine how good it would feel afterwards. I wanted it.
So I went for it. And that's a lot of what the book The Upside of Stress goes into is just that a stress-free life is a meaningless life, really, in terms of chosen stress. Uh, But, you know, also just in general, if there's no dynamic, dramatic arc to your life, it's just sort of flat. And we stress out about the things we care about because there's something at stake. And so one way I've thought about this giving a talk kind of choice or, um, you know, whether I'll say yes to something that I know will stress me out because I'll care about it um, is just imagining how many recovery days I'll actually need. You know, what will be the, the flip side cost of it? And it's not exactly the same, but when uh, my husband and I went to Denmark, we booked this amazing restaurant uh, for lunch. And I was still in the throes of my small intestinal issues, or I thought I was. I'd been sort of in this realm of trying to solve my small intestinal biome for like six months. And so I was like, well, I bet they're going to put some of the ingredients that I have trouble with in this food. And it's one of the most incredible singular restaurants in the world. Am I willing to devote possibly 24 hours of time in Denmark to recovering from this lunch? And the answer was yes. I was totally willing to imagine, quote unquote, wasting a day in Denmark, lying in bed, feeling bad for the chance to experience this singular thing. And it turned out that I was totally fine. And actually, it marked a turning point in my expectations about what my small intestine could handle. But uh, I was willing and I knew going in that there would be a cost. And so I think that the mistake I'd made in the past, or not a mistake, it's just a thing I've learned, is imagining that I should be impervious, therefore I am impervious, therefore there's no cost. But stress does come at a cost. It's just that sometimes the cost is worth it. Yeah. So, like, because we're both in this moment of, like, experiencing some of the costs Mm -hmm. of our chosen stress like is there anything you want to say like from this moment what does it feel like and like what (laughs) brought you here yeah well I've been working really hard at work I'm also almost 31 weeks pregnant so it's a funny time to be working so hard but there's this launch that I really care about and I just want it to go really well. And, you know, it feels like every extra hour I put into it really pays off right now. I can really see the fruits of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I I choose that each day and I like choose to wake up early or I choose to, you know, sacrifice an hour of sleep or something. And nobody's asking me to do that. If I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't. But the at the end of the week or at some point during the week, and this has been going on for three or four weeks now, I just sort of break. <laughs> like, um, you know, I'll just, something will, something will be the straw that breaks my back and I'll just dissolve into tears or something or, you know, look sort of hollow eyed and fall apart in front of somebody or not in front of somebody. And that happened to me yesterday with something pretty small. I happened to be still at home because I'd been kind of in the video game of responding to all of my work notifications and making things happen. And I'd been doing that for hours and hours and hours, so much so that I never managed to make my commute. (laughs) 
And so <laughs> I was just still at home at like 1 p.m. or something. And I was staying on top of most things and I was feeling pretty okay about most of them. But then I got this message in and uh, it just kind of like threw me. And so I started weeping and then I started weeping louder because my husband was in the other room. And then I was like, uh, I, 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 at that point I was like typing a message to somebody to try to resolve this. And then I was like, this is bigger. This is not actually about this moment. Let me just feel my feelings, feel this overwhelm. And then, so I started weeping louder and louder as I let myself experience this overwhelm. And then my husband was also working from home, so he was like in the kitchen and I could hear him like banging around in the kitchen. And so I was really curious why he like wasn't reacting. And so eventually I was like, oh, I just want attention. So I, I like, I did, I was experiencing something, but I also wanted attention. So I let myself go through most of the arc of weeping. And then I like sort of, uh, you know, waddle into the kitchen and I'm like, did you hear me crying? <laughs> and he was like, oh no, I was listening to a podcast. And I was like, I was crying really loudly. <laughs> He's like, oh, why are you crying? <laughs> I was like, no matter how hard I work, it's not enough. <laughs> and he was, he was really good about it. He stopped what he was doing and he was like, oh, you know, uh, do you think that that's true? <laughs> Do you think that you're just overwhelmed? And I was like, I'm overwhelmed. And he was like, mm, do you think a month from now you'll remember this or will you not remember this? <laughs> and I was like, I probably won't remember it. <laughs> and then he sat with me for a little while while I kind of like pulled myself together. And then I hopped immediately from kind of like residual weeping onto like a, uh, you know, punctual, you know, call straight on the hour with some people on our sales team. And I was totally fun. I was like joking with them. I was teasing them. They were teasing me. Some of them weren't on video. So I was like, maybe they can't see the lighting wasn't that great. So maybe they can't see my tear streaked face. But it's just like, I was able to pivot from being in the depths of my feels to, you know, okay, there's like another level on which everything's just fine. But I, I wish that uh, I wish that I again, I wish I were impervious. I wish this didn't get to me. But the sum total of everything that I'm doing does end up getting to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. That reminded me of a message I'm sure I've sent you over the past few weeks, which was just that I'm really grateful that I have a partner who's willing to sit with me through mm -hmm. anything like in just all of the most stressful moments of life, especially these moments of chosen stress, like the moment I remember when I was about to accept my first startup job. I was gonna move to Berlin without ever having visited. I had no idea what I was in for. And I was like, maybe this is the worst decision I ever make. Maybe this is the best decision I ever make. Who knows? I, you know, my husband just like sat with me through a very long time of staring at the send button <laughs> to send the email saying, yes, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And I think that I really appreciate that patience and, you know, what what's coming to the surface as we talk about our chosen stress 
is how much we need the people around us, mm-hmm. how much we lean on them to support us. And, like, you know, I think that it's really something to be married to a person who is very ambitious, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm ready for that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it ends up in this place where sometimes I feel like I don't deserve to be so insufferable to myself or other people because I could have not chosen these things, you know. I could have stayed within my limits and I could have really just cultivated a balanced life. But that's not who I am. You know, I'm always reaching and always testing the boundaries and I'm very ambitious. And so I think that just realizing that's part of what people sign up for. I was going to just say my husband, but like people in general sign up for being around that when they sign up for being around me. And there's actually something really intimate in mostly falling apart. (laughs) You know, like I actually got this really interesting feedback at work a few weeks ago where I had been trying to hold it together and not let my stress leak out, although of course it was leaking out anyway. And somebody made the observation, like, actually, many of us are stressed. So it might really help if you admitted that you are stressed and that might make room for other people to admit it. And then sometimes feel, sometimes things feel better when you're just able to share. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Self-expression. I do believe in that. Like, oh, vulnerability. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I get it. That That's fine. So I started just expressing when people asked how I was instead of being like, I am fine. <laughs> you know, like, great. I'm doing great. Baby's doing great. Mom's doing great. I don't even call myself mom yet. But, um, you know, it works fine. And I am a robot. And I am a robot. Instead of doing that, being like, I'm really overwhelmed. You know, and then people are like, oh, me too. We're like, oh, yeah, you're really doing a lot right now. I can really see how much you care about this. And I was like, this is great. I thought that if I expressed my stress, it would be bad, but actually, mostly it seems like I get either words of affirmation or commiseration, both of which I really like. Um, can I bring in a, a thread about pregnancy? Yes. So I think this was maybe from a, uh, an excerpt from the Upside of Stress that you sent to me. But um, I think there's su- often su- such pressure in society for women who are pregnant to essentially exist in like um, a bubble of serenity and like do everything perfectly and like only breathe very filtered air so that their baby will be born perfect. Perfect. Um, And in fact, it's I think there was something in the book about how a certain amount of stress is great for building resilience. Yeah, you're like developing the baby's grit by the fact that they get used to your stress hormones. And this is chosen stress, to be clear. But it really contradicts a bunch of the popular wisdom about how stress is bad for babies in utero, which comes from these studies about traumatic stress. Traumatic stress is pretty rough for babies in utero. But anything in the realm of sort of chosen stress like work stress or whatever, there's some indication that it builds resiliency before they're even born. And that the real 
problem is when we make ourselves wrong for being stressed and feel guilt because then you're sort of like marinating in guilt. And so I think that, you know, there's like, this is a partially remembered passage from a book that was summarizing research that I haven't read. So, you know, this is very much my own experience of reading those words. But my experience of reading those words was to really reframe pregnancy around this baby's got to get ready for life as it is. And life as it is involves some stress. So why not why not get used to it early? Mm-hmm. So it seems like um, our answer to the question, should we have stress, is yes, with purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, should we be should we stress ourselves out about being stressed? No, we should try not to, although easier said than done. Much easier said than done. And you had said something before we started this episode about, you know, I was looking for uh, fewer letters so that we would be able to fit the title of this show on our uh, on our cover art easily. And so I was like, gosh, should it be like, should we be stressed? Um, and you were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be, should we have stress? Because I am not my stress. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, that, has really helped me too when I think about it is being able to observe the stress and as this book The Upside of Stress says really notice when I am stressed it's probably because something I care about is at stake so connecting back to what is it I care about here and what is it that feels like it's at stake and how can I be kind of like soft with myself about that and just use it as a reminder to a reminder that I'm doing stuff that matters to me. So there's this like, there. I feel like there are some reflection questions I come away with from a lot of what we're talking about, which is like when I'm stressed, if I pause and ask myself, am I stressed about this because I care? Then like that's fine. And like, am I am I stressed about this? Or am I stressed about this because something else is going on? Mm-hmm. For example, like, I'm so stressed about that person that cut me off in the bike lane. Do I actually care? No. But why am I so easily triggered by that? Probably because something else that I really do care about is on my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's so important to realize is that the connection isn't always direct. Like, we're not these kind of naive cause and effect machines like for these ecosystems where everything's going on at once. And so, you know, earlier this week, I was noticing that I was very on edge, very on edge. And I was mostly on edge because I hadn't been sleeping very well. And I hadn't been sleeping very well because I was experiencing some stress. And so it was exciting stress. Like I, well, the way my experience of it was like waking up multiple hours earlier than planned with an idea for something I could do for this work project. And then what the upside of stress says is like, maybe sometimes instead of trying to bludgeon yourself into going back to sleep, just wake up and do the thing, you know, do the thing that you have in mind. And in that case, this was, you know, maybe Wednesday, I did the thing. I was really edgy all day, but I admitted to people, I am edgy because I got not very much sleep, I hope that you can deal with that. I hope that I don't blow up. 
And then that night I went to bed at like 8 p.m. or something and slept straight through. And it was like a 48-hour arc, you know? It was a self-contained arc that resolved itself and by just going with it. Because I realized, for me, there's a type of stress that's of the flavor of, like, will someone be mad at me? I really don't like people being mad at me. <laughs> so, will someone... I can empathize with that, yeah. Diana. <laughs> will someone be mad at me? Uh, that is often a difficult kind of stress for me to be with. But this could be so much better if I spent a little more time on it and I know exactly what I want to do that that I can work with. So here we are. We have unpacked stress in our lives in a way that reflects where we're at right now. And we, we were really winging it. We, were, we really did. Hope, hope, hope you're okay with that, listeners. <laughs> Should you tune in next time? We'll leave it to you.